Rising Champions, a podcast about the mental side of sports, featuring inspirational interviews with young rising athletes about their quest to win their personal championships. Hosted by Dr. Jason Novetsky of Champion Mindset Group, alongside radio personality Kyle Bogey. Episode 22 of the Rising Champions podcast, Kyle Bogey, Jason Devetsky uh, here with you. And uh, we have another great episode. Uh, Doc, uh, Samantha Hansen is, I think, an unbelievable young lady. Uh, as, as you say in the interview that we're going to get to here shortly, took full advantage of her athletic and academic opportunities and certainly seems to have a bright future, uh, you know, no matter what path, I guess, she ultimately ends up on. Yeah, I mean, I think what we're going to learn tonight about is perseverance uh, in the face of adversity and plans not going your way. Um, Sam will explain, you know, how she experienced some difficult times and how she came through them with great positive attitude and using mental skills like visualization and using her support system and her family and her friends and uh, coaches to get her through it. And now it's really paid off with her upcoming future. The, the one thing that I can't comprehend with a, a cross country runner, a, a track runner, you know, whatever it may be, running is their sport, quote unquote. <laughs> and, and I just, I, I could never wrap my brain around, okay, you're going to go out and run eight miles and, you know, for practice. And oh, by the way, your, your competition is going to be running three miles or, you know, whatever you're training for. Right. I, I could never have done that. I think it takes, an incredible amount of mental focus and fortitude to be able to just run and run and run and hope you're really good at it. Yeah. I never really experienced that runner's high that people talk about. Uh, I love, I love the fact that they compete at it. I think it's very interesting in the discipline. I'd love to learn more about, but yeah, I mean, as a baseball player, as a pitcher, uh, I had to run to, to build stamina to build leg strength and things like that, but it was never something I looked forward to either. No, it's awful. I mean, I'm so, when I, I mean, we can just be very blunt about it. It's terrible. I uh, went, you know, back in my, uh, my high school days, which I'm sure if anyone, you know, is listening to this podcast, uh, you know, recently, you're probably tired of hearing about my athletic, uh, you know, days. But for me, soccer tryouts every single year, you spent the entire summer training so that, you know, you would go to tryouts and their whole thing was, at least that specific coach, was you need to be able to run a mile and a half in under nine minutes. Okay. So there are four days of tryouts. You had two days to run that mile and a half in under nine minutes. If you did it the first day, you were done. You didn't have to do it. If you missed it, you had to do it again. And then it went down to a mile in under six minutes, you know, and trying to do that over the next couple of days. So, you know, I, I just remember, I had, by the way, the best I ever did was an 830 mile and a half. And I would <laughs> take it, you know, forever because it was unbelievable. Yeah. But I, I just, I couldn't imagine training for that and, and doing it all the time. You have to be going at such an incredible pace and ignore the pain, ignore the breathing, ignore everything that's going on to be able to get through that. It is such a mental game, I think, inside your head when you're, you have something going like that. I agree. And I think we're going to hear about that from Samantha. I mean, through her running career, starting in seventh grade and then um, her high school career in Utica, um, and on, on to Michigan State and on to Oakland University. I mean, just the, the amount of discipline that she has to have to be a high-level runner, um, you know, which will talk about the influences that she had and the people that pushed her, but you're right. I mean, the day-to-day -day grind of getting up early, uh, 
um, sticking to the program. And not just that, how about nutrition and the amount of sleep that you're going to need to have and, and monitoring those aches and pains and all the stretching routines and the regimen you have to go through, the amount of mental fortitude, like you said, is just off the charts. Well, I think it's important too. And, you know, we're obviously a couple of small business owners and, you know, we have, you know, the things that we take pride in and things that we want to accomplish. You have to be a self-starter, you know, you you have to be, you know, a go-getter and out there making sure that you're taking care of absolutely everything. And I mean, honestly, based on what's going on in the world right now, you know, most people are at home, you know, if you're working, you're probably working remotely and might be doing it through the end of the year. You need to be up and at them and, and ready to go and continuing to get things done on your own time, as opposed yeah. to being chained to that desk, you know, in the, the very corporate world that that's so important, you know, to being successful and not in your, only in your career, but in life. I agree. And I think what Sam's, Sam alludes to is the importance of having structure and routines and, and she'll talk about how she plans her day. And I think that's a great skill to have in, you know, our COVID life right now is we all have to stick to the routine, take care of ourselves, take care of business, so to speak, uh, and then wake up and do it again the next day uh, until we can push through whatever we're all going through here. Well, and by the way, just a little side note, um, I have not run since February, I think, you know, end of February. So I want to be getting back into running here shortly. So I'll I'll keep you, keep you updated on uh, just how terrible that goes. Vegas, I think very strong odds that I'm not able to complete a mile. So (laughs) I just, I I don't think it's going to be possible, but, but we'll see. (laughs) Well, you've been walking around the golf course. You might be in better shape than (laughs) you think. Walking around the golf course. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I don't know about that. All right. Uh, Well, without further ado, a great conversation here with a great young lady. Can't wait to follow her progress and see what she's able to accomplish moving forward. Uh, Samantha Hansen joining us here on the Rising Champions podcast. Okay, so Samantha, I, I want you to answer this question, okay, just as we, we kind of get this uh, you know, conversation underway, and I want you to answer it completely open and honest, all right? Be prepared here, Samantha. I don't okay. know where this is going. <laughs> do, you, do you actually enjoy running? Yes. <laughs> I love it. I see. I think I you're a liar. It. There's no way. Come on. <laughs> I love it. How? See, I, I, I've asked that question to a lot of people. I know I ran track. I tried cross country. Mm-hmm. I simply just could not do it. So I guess for you, where did that come from? What, why do you love it so much? What, what is it about it? Yeah, it's just something I've always been around um, with my dad and my uncle coaching professional runners and stuff. So I just grew up around it. Grew Those are the influencers I had in my life. So um, it's kind of just what we did. Um, they didn't force me into it, anything like that. But it was just kind of what we did. It was like, oh, we're going to a race today. That was that's kind of our that was our vacations growing up and stuff like that. So it's mm. just kind of what I was around. So. And then, yeah, I started training in seventh grade and been training ever since. (laughs) It's amazing. I I had, I had to run, let's just say that as a, as a baseball player in college, it was not (laughs) my favorite, was not my favorite thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my coach was like, Hey, all pitchers have to run two miles before practice every day. And that was always the longest 20 minutes of my life. And and Sam's probably saying 20 minutes. That's really (laughs) slow. And it was really slow. And I pay for it with my bad shin splints as well. But Sam, we welcome you to the show. Uh, Thank you so much for being on the rising champions podcast. Yeah. Good to be here. Yeah. And it's good to see you. And, and Kyle, let me just say, I mean, she obviously loved it because just listen to this. I mean, in her high school career 
and Sam, I don't want you to be blushing or anything, but man, oh man, I was looking at your accolades and, and I think I knew it, but my goodness, reading it, academic all county, 2013, 14, 15, all conference, 2012, 13, 14, 15, all region, same years, all state, 2012, 2014, 2015, and then earned an opportunity to run at Michigan State University where she, we'll talk about tonight, you know, had some issues with injuries and surgeries that set her back and her perseverance uh, pushing through. And now, Sam, you're at Oakland University as a grad transfer, correct? Yep, yep. I'm getting my MBA at Oakland. Awesome. Way to take advantage of your opportunities. So, Sam, let's go back in time a little bit. Uh, to when you came to see me back in 2016 and the reasons you came in and what we worked on to help you persevere and deal with all the challenges that were headed your way. Yeah, so I came in because I was having a lot of pre-race jitters and um, would get really nauseous before races, just stuff like that. So I think one of the main things we focused on was visualization, which I still use to this day. And um, another thing was just relaxing, like kind of just counting it out in your head, things like that, really staying focused and kind of trying to not focus so much on the race, but think about other things, think about outside things. So that way you're not so focused on that at that time. So for you, I suppose, you know, where did the competitive itch come from? Like we've talked about your, your love for running and, you know, you really do truly enjoy it and all of that, but it is a competitive sport and you have to somehow find that, uh, that spirit, the, the inner, you know, I don't know, strength to be able to fight through finish and, and be better than the others that you're going against. Yeah. I'd say it, me and my dad would race each other all the time growing up. And I think that's kind of where it drives from. Uh, we would do like local 5K races and stuff, and he would show no mercy. He'd outkick me and everything like that. We'd run the whole the whole race together and then outkick me. So that was that was my. I'm like, no, I got to be better than him on that. So um, and ever since then, I feel like I've been just a competitive spirit in general. I think that's interesting because Kyle, you brought that up before on the show way back about how you know, parents should not let their kids win. And so, Sam, I'm curious, I mean, going through that, what, did, what is your opinion of that? Oh, I completely agree. <laughs> Do you think that shaped yeah, you into no, being a competitive? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I feel like if he would have just let me win, then I wouldn't have that competitive edge. Like, well, um, there it is. I mean, there it is, Kyle. I mean, so, you know, Kyle's got a young daughter he just had uh, a couple months ago, so, you know, Kyle, we can't let her yeah. win anything. Well, so, yeah, so my little Blake is never going to beat me at golf. It's just that's been decided. That's the way it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. No, that's great. I, I think that's fantastic because it just it makes you want to do more and continue to work harder. You know, even if it might not be an attainable goal, just you want to try and do it. You know, you want to have that belief. Yeah. So, Sam, as we mentioned, you know, you grew up around running. Your, your father owns Hanson's Running Shops here in Metro Detroit. So, um I'm curious who besides your dad and your uncle, who were some of your influences, um, you know, as runners and you were around a lot of professionals and high level racers out there and who were they and why? Yeah, for sure. So, um, when I was first starting to get into running, it was Brian Sell who, um, was an Olympian for my dad in Beijing, uh, in 2008 in the marathon. So he was somebody I really looked up to. And then after that, as I progressed a little bit, um, Des Linden was on my dad's team and she was, uh, she qualified for the Olympics in 2012 and 2016 and won the Boston marathon as well. And so just having her to look up to, she was like an older sister to me kind of thing. So 
um, having her there as somebody that she would just drag me through runs and stuff like that too all the time. So having her there was, she was probably my biggest influence. Yeah. You know, and when you and I talked about this on the phone a couple of weeks ago about the importance of having a support system in place and tell us more about that in terms of the people you just mentioned and maybe some other people and coaches that helped you along the way. Yeah, for sure. So my, my support system is awesome. Having um, all the elite athletes is just amazing. They're since being an only child, they're like my siblings, I would say. So um, they, they've really helped me a lot. And then my parents, my boyfriend, my family all together is really, but my support system, especially going through injuries and everything like that. Um, I would say my parents, my boyfriend, my family really helped me through that a lot. Yeah. And it's interesting to me because a lot of athletes I work with are very independent and they always feel like they should be able to do this by themselves. And so what would you say to someone that maybe is younger that, you know, very stubborn about accepting coaching and, and criticism and things like that? Yeah. You got, you got to take the criticism for sure. It's, it's necessary, I would say. Um, and like I mentioned, having the support system, like if you do get knocked down, then you have that support system there as a backup to kind of help you through those hard times. Mm-hmm. Well, if there's anyone know, that knows a thing or two about being criticized, it's me. So uh, I totally understand that. Um, you got to learn to deal with it, be accepting of it, embrace it, and, and just, you know, channel it and use it in a positive way. So I, I guess I'll speak to my own personal experience, um, you know, with running. So I ran one year of track. Uh, that, that was it. I was one and done. I was never going to do it again, but I wanted to stay in shape. When I was a freshman in high school. I played soccer and basketball. Right. And I did it. And I started in sprints and pretty quickly coach moved me to mid distance. And pretty quickly after that coach said, no, I think you're a competitor. You're going to do the long distance. Hated every second of it. I was a good enough athlete, but not great. So I guess for you, did it take time to figure out what your true skill set was, what specifically you were going to excel in? Um, no, I feel like I've always kind of been in that, that long distance mindset. Um, just probably being around the marathoners. That's, that's just what I like to do. Um, in track I ran at Michigan state, I ran the 10 K. Um, so 5 K 10 K on the track and then cross country in college is a 6 K. So, um, yeah, all that longer stuff definitely suits me. I would say. That hurts just even. Thinking. Yeah, yeah, it does. Me too. My, my shins are aching already just listening to that. Sam, so I'm curious. I mean, obviously I work with athletes on the mental game, but I will never know what's inside of the mind of a runner when they're going that long. Can you give us a peek inside your psyche when, you know, you're into mile 10, 12, 14, whatever it is that you do? Yeah. So in a race, I would say it's kind of just focusing like in track in the 10 K it's kind of just thinking about the laps more, but you kind of just have to zone out for the first little bit and just not really focus so much on that because, um, you can get too much in your head if you're focused on that. So kind of just need to zone out. Um, I sometimes think about songs or something like that. And then on training runs, long runs like that on those 12, 13, 14 mile runs, I usually have teammates with me or my dad or boyfriend, one of them will bike with me. And so having that conversation helps as well. Okay. That makes sense to me. I mean, kind of just distracting yourself from what's going on. And, yeah. But you also have to keep track of your own form, though, and your breathing, I would imagine, as well. Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's now talk a little bit about your college experience. So you had the opportunity to be at Michigan State. And just like life, it didn't go quite as planned. 
give us a little history on what happened there and how you dealt with it. Yeah. So went into Michigan State fall 2016, or yeah, fall 2016, and uh, I redshirted my whole freshman year, so I wasn't competing in uniform, but I was still able to race some races unattached. Um, that was my whole freshman year. Sophomore year went really well. I traveled with the team, uh, went to a couple cross-country races with the team, and then indoor competed at Big Tens in the 5K, outdoor competed at Big Tens in the 10K. And then uh, summer going into my junior year, I got injured, had a stress fracture in my back um, on the L5. So they, I was out for the whole entire cross-country season, then started back training at the going into the spring semester of my junior year got a really bad sinus infection had to have sinoplasty in march and then had to have my adenoids removed in june wow so basically a full year kind of off of running so from my back when i found out about my back it was july 11th 2018 and then my last sinus surgery was june 20th 2019. So Mm. almost a complete year. And uh, then, so that led to my senior year cross country, didn't really race because I was still trying to get back into shape and everything like that. And then ran one race in indoor track and then COVID hit. So (sighs) unbelievable. (laughs) that's, that's where we are. (laughs) Okay. Well, how did you, how did you manage that mentally? I mean, you must've been extremely frustrated and disappointed. Yeah. I, I think positive reinforcement was my biggest thing from both my, myself just telling myself that I would come back eventually and both my support system as well, being there for me, helping me mentally through it as well. And, um, the other thing I used is visualization, like I mentioned before, which is what I still use, Mm -hmm. um, picturing myself out there. Like I would go to races, I would go to big tens and see my team competing out there and visualizing myself on the course, even though I couldn't be on the course with them that day. That's amazing. You know, I, I find it interesting that, you know, in certain fields, you know, if you end up working in a field in which you do something that you really love or you're passionate about or you're close to, it can oftentimes turn into a job. You know, my background is in sports and people would always say, oh, eventually you're going to get burnt out. It's just going to be a job. And I was like, no, I love sports. It, it does happen. You know, you, you do get burnt out and you treat it very differently than you ordinarily would if you weren't attached to it. So, I guess once your, your collegiate career, you know, and all of that is, is officially over and whatnot, do you think you'll be a lifelong runner? Is that something you still find great enjoyment in, even when you're not, you know, potentially training for something specific? Yeah, I think, I think that's the beauty of running in itself too, is that you can, you can continue to do it. There's so many road races, marathons like that all over the place. Like baseball, for instance, you can't, unless you're going to go into the MLB, you can't really get, continue to play it, you know? So it's nice to, it's nice to have that with running where you can just, you can go out, even if you're not really feeling that good that day, just you don't have to run, but some days if you're feeling it, you can run and you can go out there and do those races and stuff like that. So I think I, I will for sure be a lifelong runner, but. (laughs) Sam, I want to come back to the mindset while competing. Um, I have a lot of runners that I work with and I'm always curious in terms of helping them, with their focus and concentration during a race. And so one strategy, maybe you and I talked about years ago, but I use a lot with my runners is making a game within the game, so to speak, Um, having some challenges while you're running, especially like in cross country. 
and long distance races where you might focus on getting to a certain landmark by a certain time or picking out runners ahead of you to reel them in. I'm just curious if you employed strategies like that and if you could tell us, you know, in detail what you used. Yeah, for sure. I think one that um, my dad always taught me too was looking to ahead. That's like a game you can pl- kind of play with yourself in cross country is because sometimes the person in front of you could be fading at the same rate you're fading. So, and you don't really realize it. So you got to look to ahead and then you'll get past that person in front of you. And then when you're past them, look to ahead. And so mm-hmm. it's just kind of stuff like that. And then again, yeah, like um, picturing yourself up on that, on the top of the hill before you, you're even at the hill, like stuff mm-hmm. like that, like really trying to focus on stuff like that. And, and how about pacing? I know a lot, every runner has a different style and sometimes mentally it's hard not to go too quick out of the gate, so to speak, and remember to run your race and not the race of your competitors. How did you deal with that? Yeah. Um, I'm, I usually go out, I'm the back of the pack. So, um, yeah, you just mentally, you have to tell yourself that you can, and that kind of helps with that looking to ahead. You're going to be passing people later on. You're going to, you're going to be doing stuff like that. You don't always need to be in the front of the pack at the start. Um, like I, when I broke 17 minutes for the first time in the 5k, I was dead last in the race at 400 meters in. And then slowly just kept working, working up, working up, saw teammates up there, could use them. Um, stuff like that is what I generally But you stayed did. within yourself, right? I Correct. mean, yeah, yeah. You, you had a plan you stuck to it. See, Kyle, this is what you need for golf, right? Because, you know, <laughs> Kyle walks up to the tee and he's like, automatically, I got to pull driver out when he doesn't need it. Obviously. Yeah. yeah no. See, so I'm trying to get him, Sam, to, you know, be smart and and run his own race. So to speak, the goal is to get as close to the hole as humanly possible. (laughs) Right. I mean, come on. (laughs) Even if he doesn't have that next shot in his bag. See, I'll figure it out after that, you know, but you just got to hit it as far as you can. No, it's funny though. that You talk about that um, because the way that you're talking about running is really the way that I think, you know, somebody would attack their day outside of running where it's okay. I'm going to get this task done by 11 AM. I'm going to get this done by one. I'm going to get this done by three and by 5 PM. I'm going to be home for dinner and doing this. Right. Are you a a very goal oriented to do list checklist type of person because of, of your background in running? I would say yes. Yeah. I would say (laughs) (laughs) I'm very, very structured. I would say in my, in my ways, very organized. Um, definitely kind of have my whole day planned out before the day even really comes. So <laughs> got practice at this time and I go home and I eat lunch, then I do my homework. So everything's, everything's boom, boom, boom. And I think that's great, you know, because of sports, we talk about how it's a metaphor for life, but what you learned as a runner, I mean, you had to get up at some ungodly hours to get your miles in uh, before the day started. So I'm sure that's transferred over to how you run your life as well. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Definitely, definitely gotten up for those 6am runs sometimes and everything like that. (laughs) And there had to be days where you just felt like hitting that snooze bar. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, but that's what it takes to be an elite athlete is to do those things you're supposed to do, even when you don't feel like doing it. And, And that's what makes her great. So Sam, what are the plans for the future? Yeah. So, um, now I'm at Oakland. So, I graduated from Michigan State uh, with my bachelor's in marketing, minor in sports business management. So after that, um, got the opportunity. The coach at Oakland offered me a spot on the team for this fall. 
Um, nothing's really happening right now just because of COVID and everything, but training with the team, everything's going great. Um, yeah, getting my master's in business administration from Oakland. So I'll be done with that in next fall. So then hopefully I would like to work in sports marketing, something along those lines. So there you go, Kyle, future employee for you. <laughs> yeah, seriously. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll collect the resume. Sounds great. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate the conversation. Uh, this is uh, fantastic stuff. We obviously wish you the best of luck. Hopefully things kind of get going here uh, in the near future yeah, uh, and you can get back awesome. to competition. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Thank you, Sam, for being out. We really appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rising Champions podcast. Please subscribe and join us again next week for another episode.